Hello, we're the Sticky Bun Boys. I'm a fondant fancy. And I'm your cream puff. Okay, this year Bake Off have gone from edging to gooning. Yes, I did look up that from last week. <laughs> and so we're still waiting for them to release the names of the new bakers so we can get into stalking overdrive and bring you a Meet the Bakers episode. But that said, we do now have time to finish off nicely and review the final of Bake Off Series 3 where we definitely don't know if John Waite wins or not. It's always good to finish off nicely and a nice relief from all this edging. Wait, can they work together? Don't think too hard, David. Let's just get on with the final. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So it's a nice start to today's episode. David has just announced that he's watched this entire episode, which we did think was the bare minimum for a recap <laughs> podcast. But there we go. Um, and we're also recording remotely today. So David's actually in Bulgaria, which is quite inconvenient, really. It's mainly inconvenient because it's so hot here and I can't have the air conditioning on because it'll be picked up on the microphone. Lovely, isn't it? Isn't it lovely? Although it is quite good um, now that Bake Off has decided just to not not be on air for a bit longer. We are managing to finish off the whole of Series 3 before we think. We think it's coming back. What's going to happen? Are we going to get Bakers next week? Yeah, so then we'll do a Meet the Bakers episode on our usual Friday. And then the first episode will be the Tuesday after. Well, look at that. See, so it's all coming together unless Bake Off changed their mind again and just push it further and further. But they can't really because Christmas will be at the end of the series if they do that too much. Yeah, I have to say I was quite happy because we knew this remote record was coming up because I had a holiday in Bulgaria. And it's not really nice to have that as your very first episode. But saying that, I actually sometimes feel a bit more professional when we do it like this. Like, even though it's not actually as good sound, like... I can see you with headphones on and we're sitting at computers, whereas usually we're just sitting on the floor or on your bed. Yeah, it does sound a bit like you're inside like a sink at the moment. Um, (laughs) But Alex likes it because anytime we talk over each other, he can just... uh, Talking of rambling, we haven't started about the podcast yet, so let's talk about the Bake Off final. I thought it was quite a good final, actually. Did you like it? I did like it. Do you know, I really like at the start of finals where it kind of goes back to what's like how we've got there through the series. And it always starts and it shows people who went out in the first couple of weeks. I don't recognise them. I'm like, how was that that series? I thought they must be from series one or something. (laughs) I remember a couple of them here and there. Because at the end when they did the kind of like, since they were on Bake Off, they've been doing X, Y and Z. But they didn't use footage of their actual future lives post-Bake Off. They just did like a highlights reel. And I felt bad for Danny because Danny's one was her mopping up John's blood. (laughs) And I was like, that's not a nice one for her to be remembered for, is it really? Yeah. Oh, and a quick bit of gossip that we can't put in the podcast. But I was talking to... <laughs> sexual. 
we've just been having a conversation that we're not allowed to show on the podcast. But I didn't know today until Michael told me that if you see someone you know on a hookup dating site, uh, you're not meant to actually talk to them. It's like etiquette at the urinals. Like, you know they're there, but you're just not looking. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit yeah. rude to block them, but you just kind of pretend they aren't there. Although I do have a story about a boy that I had to stay over fairly recently. So, as we all know, I'm, I'm a cat owner. We will get to the episode eventually. <laughs> I'm a cat owner. And Hazel likes to come into my bedroom and play in the mornings. Like, she wants to, like, she starts punching me in the face at about five in the morning. So I had to close the bedroom door. Then she learned how to, like, open the bedroom door by jumping onto the handle and twisting and falling, to, using her body weight to open the door. So I now put a, a door stop underneath my door from the inside to stop the door from being able to be opened from the outside. Basically, like, barricaded into my room, which is fine. Not Normally, but then a boy was over and then he tried to get up to go to the toilet in the middle of the night and he <laughs> tried to open the door and he couldn't get out and I was like he was like what is happening and I was like it's fine everything is fine I've got a cat and he was like where's your cat and I was like well she's not in here <laughs> then, even worse if he'd actually seen you doing that as you were going to bed you just start ramming this thing to the door to stop him leaving <laughs> Suffice to say, I never saw him again. So the signature was a Pithivier. <laughs> Which Pithivier. I've got a lisp anyway, but this makes everyone have a lisp. Or sound like they've got a lisp. I really enjoyed the introduction when they just lisped every single word. Yeah. I actually laughed out loud, which was quite embarrassing, really, considering I was watching it on my own. But yes, they're making a Pithivier, which is a puff pastry pie in two and a half hours. What do we think? It's okay. I have to say, it's. I didn't see it as a particularly difficult bait to do for the final. Often no. it's because the time is really short. But if they'd made them do full puff, that could have been okay. But then they said, oh, it's a rough puff pastry. Is that like, okay? Hmm, yeah. I mean, all the challenges in this episode felt quite easy, to be honest. It was a bit strange. I mean, nice enough challenge, but just a bit kind of meh. Yeah, the technical had the, as we'll come on to, had the ability to fall apart a bit. But it was still very easy. Yeah, I agree. I think they were all pretty pedestrian. Yeah, the most distressing part of this challenge was that Brendan was rubbing his butter and flour together with his shirt sleeves down. So he had like gummy cuffs. <laughs> oh, Did you see it? It no. was vile. Absolutely awful. And for someone who's normally so pristine, I was like, this is abhorrent. Brendan made a potato, pepper and garlic which sounded fine. Yeah, because it was like saying, oh, you made a vegetarian one, but it was also, it was quite boring vegetarian. Potato and pepper and garlic. Yeah, overall, it was gorgeously brown, well-filled, crispy bottom and balanced. So, I mean, fine, good. But sure, it was like tick, a side tick, tick, dish, tick. because if you've got, like, pastries not that tasty, and then you've got potatoes inside, like, unless mm. it's going to be curried potatoes or something, that, yeah, I didn't, it looked amazing. He had, like, loads of garlic, though, no? Wasn't that his thing? Yeah. Like a garlic potato. They did like his pathetic. I actually, I, <laughs> this is one of those ones like Rubalaba where I've definitely not spelt it correctly. It's one of those words that I just, the more I say it, the more fun I want to have with it. Pathetic. I, I actually don't know how to say it. Pathetic. Pathetic. Oh. No, you're saying it wrong again. Oh, I thought I got it right then. <laughs> That's like it's like that friend's meme when she's like trying to get him to say like like three words that he was going to blah 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 blah. Pithivia. Pastry. It's a pie. It's a bit. It's a pie. So John Waite made a salsicciad Italian sausage, telegio cheese, and roasted vegetables. 
which sounded quite nice to me, I thought. Lovely flavours. Yeah, yeah. Italian sausage. What's the Taleggio cheese? It's kind of, you know, like the brie and camembert. It's like the Italian yeah. version of that. It's kind of got the rind and it's really soft in the middle. Oh, I like a rindy cheese, like a slightly mouldy cheese. Very nice to me. So I had a question about you. I wrote this down because I was quite confused by it. So John was doing what he called Paul's technique for puff pastry, where he puts it into the oven on a lower temperature to let the butter melt and then turning up the temperature so that the butter would kind of puff up. But I didn't think that was how you did it. No, I didn't get that as well, because to me, that would make the butters melt and then wreck the pastry. I thought the whole point yeah. was that you wanted the steam to come out of the butter as quickly as possible, so therefore you went in a hot oven. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, you're whacking it into a steam room, so it goes... Just like, just all, all puffs love going into a steam room, don't they, really? John did say with this one that he's done rough puff before, uh, and it's been, oh. a hit, been a hit and miss, uh, so he's going to try Paul's method of putting it in lower. Like, the, that's oh, like... sure. So maybe he wasn't really talking about the pie, but yeah. Well, what else could he have been talking about, David? I don't, I don't understand. Well, actually, I don't know. How, what's the method of putting it in lower? <laughs> how low can you put it in? <laughs> maybe you're both squatting. <laughs> there's probably like a, there's a finite kind of space you can put it in, really, isn't there? For most, it most people, really... I would hope so. <laughs> A saggy purse. Do you um, know what? I loved it with John, you know, because this time, what's nice, because they didn't do BB. They didn't do BB in the tent this week. But they, they did um, go back and do all like the family chat and going and seeing them in their house and stuff. They did. John's family was so sarcastic and sassy. So rude. Yeah, usually they're all just kind of like, oh, they're my best friend. I've loved them forever. They're the best baker in the world, blah, blah. And all of his family were just being sassy. I loved it. Oh, I loved it when they went to James. They'd clearly rented out a club in Glasgow on like Tuesday at one in the morning. Uh, sorry, one in the afternoon. Because it was just like three of them sat in an empty club <laughs> pretending to have a drink. Uh, uh, very awkward. Very awkward. Um, back to John's Italian sausage, um, which we won't rise to. It was slightly well, less... you bite. <laughs> well, well... <laughs> Well, no, I won't, sadly, because it was less well-risen than Brendan's. Brendan's was quite pert, whereas his was a bit sad. Delicious flavours on the inside. And then Mary just looked him in the eyes and said, you're lovely sausage. (laughs) I loved that bit. (laughs) Paul's in a nice bottom and then Mary says, it's a lovely sausage. I mean, John's doing great, isn't he? (laughs) Nice bottom. Was it? Nice bottom, lovely sausage. Title of ep. And then James made a chorizo, chicken, and red pepper, which I thought sounded like the nicest one of all. Sounded like the nicest one. And he seemed to do the chicken very well. But then at one point, he put kind of raw bits of pepper in, saying, I want these to make sure that it's not too dry inside. I want the juice to come out of these. And then he got a soggy bottom. Like, you re- any kind of this pastry, you want the filling to be as dry as possible. Yeah, it's better to have dry filling, but perfect bake, than to have bad bake, but wet filling. Yeah, don't go wet. Go as, as dry as Mary, basically. As dry, ooh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, James's feedback was it was cooked perfectly, but not baked perfectly. So basically, at the end of that, it kind of was... The, the order of it kind of looked like it was Brendan, John, and then a bit of a gap, and then James. Yeah. Um, then the technical was 25 fondant fancies. And then I've got like various scribbles because I got confused because they didn't say how long it was. And then they kept kind of hinting that it wasn't enough time. And then they told us about 10 minutes later that it was two and a half hours that they had yeah. to make it, which is 
quite tight. I thought that was quite easy to start with. And then I kind of had to think about what they were actually doing. And I was like, oh, actually, that's quite, that's it's quite a lot. Just, it's just the fondant bit, isn't it? Like the baking, yeah. the most, the thing about this one is for a final, I would have thought this would be better in cake week. Because for the mm. final, none of them are going to fall down on making the most basic Victoria sponge, uh, the most basic buttercream, like a fondant. Like they're not, the actual bits are not technical to make. It's the putting it together. And by yeah. just reducing the time, you're not giving the chance for any of them to do well. They're all going to have messy looking fondants. Yeah, really, really messy. Um, did you notice, and it wasn't the priority during this challenge, but their taps were very spindly. No, I did, did you I did notice not this? notice, no. Like, they were like those kind of weird ones that kind of like, are like thin, then fat, then thin, then fat, then thin, then fat. And like, they just looked like the ones you might get in your grandma's house from the 70s. I mean, they're not real sinks, are they? I mean, they're real sinks, but they're not, there's not real water plumbed in and things. No, well, apparently this year they've got pink worktops. Really? They've done like a, they've done like a revamp of the inside, allegedly. Oh, how do you get all this inside gossip? Oh, I could, I couldn't possibly say. I just read the paper. That's my. Uh, that's I've got no idea yeah. about those things. <laughs> do you know what I'm loving in this episode is how much Brendan backs himself. Like every single bit of Brendan talking, he's basically just saying, "I'm amazing. I am so good at baking. I think I'm winning at this stage. <laughs> I'm gonna, I've done so well the first break. I'm going to smash the second one. I love it. Oh, I loved it when he was he was he was um, busy telling us he was doing his like Brendan's cookery school over at his bench and talking about how you can always put a little bit in. Uh, you should put a little bit in, then a little bit more, then a little bit more, which is probably advice for all life, so that you don't get too dark a pink. Which again is <laughs> advice for all life. <laughs> But he was aiming for a light pink and then he got a really deep one and he was kind yeah. of gutted but kind of had to laugh along with it. Um, and then they cut straight to James who went, hand is always the best method. And I was like, oh, right, okay, sure. <laughs> I looked at James. He did say that in the end he was like, oh, that was very tight. But for some reason, I felt very relaxed. Which <laughs> I would say probably, like you introduced to um, Alex, maybe that was Poppers. Just poppers. <laughs> James is on poppers. <laughs> it was quite a hard challenge. I think doing the cake was fine. I don't think they were making marzipan. I think they were just rolling out ready-made marzipan. The buttercream on top seemed fairly straightforward. The dipping of them. Would you have dipped the fondant fancy into the fondant or would you have spread it? I would have poured it, I think. Like, because it had a lot of fondant. The thing, the most difficult thing seemed to be actually spreading the buttercream because none of them look, because if you don't get the buttercream nice, the fondant's not going to fall over it nicely. And none of them seem to be able to, because you don't have time to spread neatly. No, it all looked like my idea of hell and they were all so messy by the end. So in last place, they did a draw between John and Brendan and in first place came top, uh, came top, came James. (laughs) Came James. (laughs) (laughs) There was one top, two bottoms, which sounds like a film. Um, The showstopper was a chiffon cake representing the highlight of 2012. They did this last time, didn't they? The highlight of 2011 or something. Oh, I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) It was only a year ago. It wasn't even a year ago. (laughs) Wasn't there something like they had to like do something and they were doing like, some people did the Olympics. That was 2012. That was 2012 though. That was the one, wasn't that the hidden the hidden reveal cake things where people did the Union Jack and things like that? Yeah, probably. So they literally used the same challenge that they've already done this year. Well, this is a chiffon cake. 
And we're not doing very good journalism because we can't quite actually remember what they did. So Brendan made a family reunion chiffon, which was an almond flavoured and coated chiffon with raspberries in the middle. And it felt like there was a lot going on for Brendan in this episode. He was quite emotional all the way through this challenge. Yeah, some people think, I think some people think, okay, I have got the best family story here. I'm going to make people cry, therefore I've won. Mm. And I think he was thinking that he just got the best story, so therefore it was a winner. Oh, but I don't think it's that because he was barely able to articulate it. Like whenever they asked him about what it meant, he was just kind of, he, he, he kind of choked himself up and couldn't talk about it. I mean, it was pretty big, wasn't it? He basically said that there's been a rift in his family where people haven't seen each other for three decades. That is a yeah. long, I mean, that's your life, Michael. And well, yeah, they were going to meet like a couple of weeks after this Bake Off final. So, yeah, I guess it was quite a big deal for him. Yeah. And then like, so the, the bake went, for, I mean, it was quite a boring challenge overall, but the bake went fairly well for him. And at the end of it, he kind of kept saying how proud he was of having completed Bake Off and done that bake. And then he kept trying to, there was this really long, really, really long shot of him that was completely unbroken, where he kept trying to be like, I'm really proud of myself, um, in spite of, and then he kept cutting off after in spite of, and it felt like kind of in spite of what he'd gone through when he was younger, I think because of being gay in, in Ireland. They did have quite a few. It was quite strange, these kind of like long stretches where mm. they just let the camera roll. Because it was it worked really well with Brenda, actually. It was very, very emotional and nice. But they kept mm. on doing it with Paul and Mary and the judging as well, where it would just be them chewing. Oh, yeah. And you expect yeah, them yeah, to yeah. say something, then it would just stop. And then they would say something really just normal. They were really drawn out, those bits, yeah. Maybe they just didn't have enough um, for the episode. So they just like, just extended bits. <laughs> <laughs> just went back in. You know when you haven't got enough words in your essay and you just like throw some extra words in there? Maybe they were just doing that. <laughs> Oh, what I used to do is I used to write words in white. So I'd just like copy and paste like the final paragraph and just put it into white yeah. font. Because then the word counter on the on the university system would just count them all as words and then I'd hit the word count. Stunning. And no one's going to think, no one's going to check that that was like a hundred words short. And then I could have just been like, oh, whoops, sorry. I just must have just cop- accidentally copied the last paragraph twice. Whoopsie, my bad. There you are. Top tip for all you students. <laughs> Just happened to do it white. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Brendan's bake looked lovely. It was quite simple, I think, but overall the most visually impressive and they thought the flavours were perfect. They did say that the layers were all very equal and then showed a shot of some quite unequal layers, but <laughs> yeah. that's not... Maybe that's the spy the by. John made a heaven and hell chiffon. So there was a dark chocolate base and then like a lemon and coconut top. It looked quite impressive, I thought. And they said that the texture was perfect and rich. And it's quite hard to get a chocolate flavour into chiffon because chocolate's quite a heavy thing. And chiffon, you don't want to beat any air out of it. It's a bit like a Genoese, which, incidentally, I did make in week five of our series. <laughs> it, is like the, it is hard to get chocolate in a chiffon, but I don't think he had the chocolate in the chiffon. Like the, the intense chocolate flavour obviously came from the mirror glaze ganache running through the middle that's what you'd normally do so i don't yeah Mm. it looked really the actual cake talking about even layers when they cut into it Mm. it looked perfect like pristine yeah um and then james was making united chiffon cakes which were four different cakes flavored with fruits from each of the countries of the uk and then a fifth cake bringing it together all of those flavors and then also making turkish delight for some reason it was there was a lot going on, but it was also too simple. James has got away this season with doing things that he's never done before. Like sometimes, if you think, "Oh, I've no," I, whilst I was doing the research for this bake, I found this out. and I'm going to try it. But he seems to do it on every single bake and is very 
unprepared it seems and this one just felt a bit of a combination where that doesn't really work yeah big agree it didn't really come together and he also did drop an entire cake and all of the batter onto the floor halfway through he said he dropped it he said like oh i knocked it over no he had a stool and on top of the stool was a wire rack and then on the edge of the wire rack he had a cake slider then he had the cake on top of that i mean it was always going to fall off he he does just have a total chaos on his bench yeah, there was a lot. There was a lot going on. Actually, he didn't get very good feedback for his cake when it came to the, when it came to the judging. They said that the main cake was too dry and too cakey, which it got my back up when they said it was too cakey for a cake. But then also, I did understand what they meant because the chiffon's meant to be so 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 light. Yeah, and a cake often is kind of quite dense and almost fudgy. So I kind of understood what they meant. And then Sue was like, "Oh, try a different one." And they tried it, and they were like, "Yeah, this one's also bad." And then she, I think, and then she was like, "Oh," and she she stopped suggesting anything else. <laughs> no, right <laughs> at the end, she was like, "And try the Northern Irish one." And they just like, "No, no, Sue, we're, we're not going to go through trying all of these." I do like a chiffon cake. I love them. Well, it's your it's your new thing, isn't it? At the moment, didn't you make a pandan one? Well, kind of. I now realise that mine is something else because I use melted butter rather than oil. So it makes it not a chiffon cake. But it's the same kind of thing. It's just a really light, fluffy cake. I do think for this challenge, yeah, but angel cake is just totally tasteless, whereas chiffon cake is like an angel cake, but with flavour. But it's Mm. kind of hard because you do want to know your oven with that because it's one of those ones where the slightest little change will be a bit of a failure. So I think they actually did quite well. It just was a bit of a boring challenge. Yeah, and I, I always feel like in a in a final, I well we don't we don't we don't tend to like finals anyway. But I always feel like in a final, it's awful when they don't do well. So like James having had two two judgings of a signature and his showstopper, where they're just like nah, and yeah. you can see in his face he's like oh, like that's pretty deflating. I think anyway. Long story short, John won the series. Who knew? No, but you missed out the bit. But first of all. I thought it was a bit sad just because it was raining so much. You kind of want a final. You want to have this like lovely um, garden patch outside. And they were all just stood under umbrellas. It was like raining the whole time. When we were filming, didn't we have a second day? Because like, there was like a, a reserve weekend at the end of the series that we could have had to use. Do you remember that? Oh, was there? So that just to make sure that yeah. it kind of looks nice and sunny. and Well, there were, 11 we- there, were, there were 11 weekends held. And I wondered whether... It was if one episode had fallen off or like someone had got sick or whatever. But also they could have done it for the weather, being like, well, it's shit weather this time. Let's do it next week. Yeah, because just for the final, it's it's okay if there's like a rainstorm at one point, but it just seemed to be raining the whole time. Yeah. And then the other thing was, I just didn't. I mean, they were all wearing such horrible fashion. Like my biggest takeaway from this was, why was John wearing pedal pushers? And why was Paul in a suit jacket? Paul was wearing a pinstripe... He looked like an estate agent, like a cheap estate agent. <laughs> a horrible pinstripe suit jacket. <laughs> he looked a bit like Kingpin from um, the Marvel movies. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't great. Mary had a lovely blazer on from Jules, though. So that's I, the biggest takeaway. I, was think- I thought exactly the same thing. Mary actually looked quite good. Uh, the other thing was, where was John's trophy? Oh, he got some flowers, didn't he? He got some, but they all got some flowers. You know, they had that kind of that weird trophy. Was that even just last year? <laughs> Maybe there was like such a backlash after that horrible one full of eggs and whisks that they were like, nah. <laughs> he just didn't nah. get a trophy. That's really funny. Should we message him and find out whether he did a trophy or not? Yeah, maybe he got one years later. Let's find out. Let's do some actual journalism and try and find out whether he actually got a trophy or not. And he can have yours, if not, David. He definitely can. We'll only tell people on our OnlyFans, though, so you're not going to find out unless you join our OnlyFans. Oh, a cheeky plug. 
Well, that's it. We all now know who won Series 3, and we all hope that the fashion from 2012 will never come back. I can't believe that as of next week, we'll have a whole new set of bakers to get to know. It's so exciting. And by get to know, Michael means he wants to rip them to pieces, make fun of them, and deep dive to find their deepest, darkest, most embarrassing secrets. No, no, David, that's you. I'm actually going to be really nice about it. So together, we're going to be really gentle, do some gentle stalking, and be the very definition of support and encouragement. Okay, okay, we'll do it your way. Uh, On to this week's taste test. It comes from Misha, and they say that peanut butter and pickle sandwiches are a delight. We'll let you ruminate on that, and we'll be back after these. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, it's us, advertising our OnlyFans again. If everyone just joined it, we could probably talk about this a little bit less, to be honest. Actually, if we all just make a point to pause the episode right now and go to patreon.com forward to sticky bun boys to sign up, then we can stop doing these ads forever. Nice plan. For a small handful of change, you'll get access to early and ad-free episodes, as well as bonus content, including regular Q&As, access to our online community, and much more. Plus, you get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling knowing you're helping us to keep doing the podcast. What more could you ask for? Whew, thank goodness this is the last ad we'll ever do. For this week anyway. Now there's a word you don't hear enough. Ruminate. I like that. Ruminate. Yeah. I wonder if people actually did ruminate or they do what I do and just skip through the ad. (laughs) (laughs) And therefore we've come right into it as, what do you do with a peanut butter and pickle sandwich? I haven't ruminated. I haven't ruminated, but I think my my instant response is not negative. Yeah, because I think peanut butter can be quite salty, so I have like a savoury edge to it. I guess when I first thought it, when, when Misha said it, I was picturing loads of layers of pickle, like gherkin, all over it. Oh, no, I, I don't think so. But if there's just if there's just a scattering, a smattering... Yeah, I think a smattering of pickle. I feel like what will kind of make this good or bad is whether the peanut butter is crunchy or smooth. 
Crunchy, definitely. I don't want crunchy and pickle, but that's too many crunches happening in my mouth. Oh, see, I want crunchy, and then I also want to have some, like, a sriracha dip or something. So I've got, like, another... I've got, like, a spicy element as well. Oh, sure. I mean, I, I can get on board with a crunchy peanut butter, but I tend to like it smooth. So I think I'd do a smooth peanut butter and pickle, fine. Crunchy peanut butter and pickle, no thank you. Okay, Misha, bring us one jar of each, and you can stay out of jail. <laughs> okay, we've got a very nice message in our inbox to start off with. This is from Alison, and she okay. says... Hope you're both well. Congratulations on a year of episodes. Hope yes, we won. I'm going to join the OnlyFans to celebrate your year. Everyone could do that, couldn't they? How could she do that? Yeah, David, how could <laughs> she do that if she wanted to join our OnlyFans? Oh, um, go to patreon.com forward stroke sticky bum boys. Are you sure? You didn't seem very sure there. Yes. I was th- well, I, never, <laughs> I haven't subscribed myself, but um, people could do that. And it's been a year. In some ways, it kind of feels like it's been more than a year to me. Yeah, well, we, we've been wanting to do this for about four, four or five years, haven't we, really? Like it's, well, not four, five years ago was the actual show, but like the year after the show, we talked about doing it. Yeah. And, but I think it's just, I don't know, it just feels like we've been, it feels like we've been like in a schedule of doing this for a long time. But I guess a year is a long time. Do you remember when we were called the Soggy Bottom Club? Remember that? For like that yeah. brief week. And then we nearly got sued and then changed our minds. <laughs> I mean, it was for a week, but we'd, I mean, we actually have badges made, everyone. We had pin badges made. Oh. And we have hundreds of them sitting in my cupboard. They're so beautiful as well. And they were like, kind of, they were, like, is it ceramic? Or like, what? Like, they were like, no, the proper, enamel. like proper pin. Enamel, that's the one. Oh, they were gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe we should get some Sticky Bun Boys ones, but they cost so much money. If people joined our OnlyFans, we might be able to. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. Okay, Alison also had a question. She didn't just want to um, buff, buff our egos. She says, if someone is going to start baking, what would you recommend to be a good starter set of tins or equipment? I know it depends on what you want to make, but I never seem to have the right size. And I thought you might be in the know as to a good base set. Well, as we've learned, a good base has flared um, from previous <laughs> episodes. Um, <laughs> I reckon you just need... I think the, the biggest tip I would say would be to get more than one of the same size tin. Agreed. Like, that's the biggest thing. If you're making a, an actual cake cake, it's so much easier to cook the layers separately rather than making a big one and splitting it down the middle. So I would say get three eight inches. And also, you know, like the depth of the tin. I had some once that were kind of the, the 20 centimeter round ones, but they were only mm. about like an inch tall and they're just useless. They really annoy me. Like yeah. get a good depth because even if you're going to do a, a smaller cake, you can do that in a deeper tin. Uh, I think Americans are better than this because they have the nine by 13 tin, which is that kind of big, the kind of the cinnamon roll brownie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And loads of their recipes fit to that. I think in the U- UK in particular, we have so many different size tins, but I would say yeah. a square... 20 centimetre one and the 20 centimetre rounds, get a few of them and you're sorted. Yeah, and I would also say loose bottomed all the way. So I was watching them today making the chiffon cakes and some of them are using tin, like cake tins that didn't have a loose bottom. And I don't think I've used one of them since pre-Bake Off days. Like it just adds a whole other level of anxiety to a cake, um, not being able to kind of push it out through the bottoms. I would say loose bottoms as well. So Michael advises loose bottoms. And have you ever tried one of those ones where it's a loose bottom, but it's got like a silicon seal. So it's kind of like a tight. A They're tight the ones bottom. I use. Yeah. 
Yeah, a tight loose bottom. They're from um, Michelle was the one who introduced me to a tight loose bottom, um, <laughs> which is ironic, really. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's brilliant because cool. it means that if you're pouring in like quite a loose batter, it doesn't drip out because sometimes a loose bottomed tin will drip, but the the kind of silicon kind of almost like a vacuum seal at the bottom keeps that. Oh, it's lovely. What do you think about, in my cupboard, I always have one of those sprung ones that you use for a cheesecake where you like ping it and it opens up. Oh, they stress me out. The, 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 the springing of it stresses me out because it either kind of deforms the shape and then kind of bashes itself or it gets batter into the hinge. Yeah, because that's when you were talking about the loose bits. Like I sometimes, I've done one of those before, I've poured a batter in and then it just all starts coming out of it. It starts seeping. Mm. Need to line it properly then david ah not gonna i don't bother with all that prep okay so <laughs> the next question this is from anonymous and i quite like this this is from so i was about to say their name because i actually do know the name but they just asked to be kept anonymous I'm not doing very well okay <laughs> they have a dating profile uh on a dating site called field which i'm presuming is like a play on playing the field and they've written this i'm ready to meet someone who is not in my friendship circle well kind of want that with dating and i think dating apps are the obvious way to do this i'm hoping to meet a nice calm man but this whole swiping is fairly new well at least for men i did meet my ex through hinge but that was a female (laughs) that was a female um and i feel that the profile to catch someone's attention should be i don't know fun please could i ask you for some nice gentle feedback on my profile so oh my god would you let someone look at your dating profile, like friends? Have you got people to like check yours out? Yeah, absolutely. Shall I open mine and see what it says? Hang on. Yes, let's let's use yours as a perfect one. I actually just I googled what field was, and it just sounds like another one of the same kind of apps. It says you can, it's inclusive, um, that you can date together, so you can like with your partner, a lover, or a friend, or whatever, and you can create group chats. So I think it must be quite like. Um, liberal as a as a dating platform i tend to use hinge more generally but i don't say much on mine really what's quite nice about hinge is that you don't need to put like a profile in as in like a hi i'm this and i'm that and i think this and da 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 is hinge the one where you answer questions or ask questions so hinge has got like you can put prompts in so i've said the one thing i'd love to know most about you is your top five most used emojis because i think that's quite an interesting conversation starter there's a picture if you want it, actually. Look, there you are. Um, oh, and then... I'm uh, on your dating most... I thought you were going to cut people out. <laughs> Why haven't you blurred my face? <laughs> it's so they know that I'm friends with a winner if I'm not one. <laughs> and then it says, my most irrational fear is the big light. And then it says, one thing I would never do again, bake off. Which I feel like <laughs> then, like... Uh, it's, oh, it we crosses the bake off bridge. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's but then my, hin- my Tinder... My Tinder bio is... It says, often found running around Walthamstow or eating a jar of pesto with a spoon. Say hello. <laughs> and that's all it says. <laughs> I it have says never, ever seen you running around Walthamstow when you let you get the bus. And I've never <laughs> seen you eating pesto with a spoon. I want to know how often you do those two things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like on dating apps, you want to keep it shorter. Yeah. The more succinct, the better. Okay. Because realistically, and it's a horrible feeling, but dating apps are more about the pictures that you've got on there because people don't always read, but they always look at the pictures. Well, Anonymous did send through the three pictures they've got on there. So you could have a look at those oh. on the, the email, but I didn't put them into this little document. Um, but oh, yes. the first part of the profile says... Oh, they're cute! 
Maybe they were just trying to get with you, Michael. I mean, sure. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> so the first part of the profile says, reading a tale for the time being, have plans to read Don Quixote, but I'll never, rea- never realise, but mainly just watching TV and dreaming of being a reader. That seems a bit heavy for like the first paragraph. I think there's, there's, too, there's too many words. Is it like basically saying, trying to make it look like they're intelligent reading a book, but then they're saying, oh, but I don't read. I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah. Just say, I like reading. <laughs> I <don't... laughs> it feels like there's, I don't know, it feels like there's too many, like, I, so, um, from public speaking back at primary school, but it does work, and I always use it for the, for the little, the bios for each episode. It's just like a rule of three. So you should always be like, love this, love that, and love that. Da, da, da. It's much snappier, and, like, people remember things. So, like, big reader, love this kind of music, and also something this. And then, like, maybe a flirty comment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that could work. Or they could have written, you often see me running around and reading a book. <laughs> they could have written that. <laughs> it mine used to just say, um, I, I changed it. It used to say brunch enthusiast, pro-procrastinator. But then I moved on from that because while I love brunch, I'm not I'm not that enthusiastic about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that. No, but to me, brunch enthusiast says that you don't like wake up and stress someone out too early in the morning. It's kind of like I have a relaxed morning oh, and I like food. True. So I think it actually works quite well. Anyway, the next bit of their profile did say, yes, obligatory outdoors photo. My mankini shot felt too risque. Also, what employers are coming through field? Probably mine in the end. I kind of like this kind of thing because obviously the photos are quite, I mean, it's just their classic outdoor, wearing outdoor trousers. Oh, so what's happened is basically they have put captions for each of the pictures all into their bio. Oh, that's what it is. The first bit is about reading a tale. The second bit's about music. The third bit's about an outdoors photo. So they're, they're doing captions. Okay, that makes sense. My, my view is your photos should stand alone on, your, on a dating app. And then the bio is like a, a bonus bit. So you've got photo, photo, photos. You want to have like an outdoorsy one, one with a friend, one where you look cute, one where you're like doing an activity. And then your bio should be a bit more snappy because then the, you can talk about the photos later. Anonymous, I agree with Michael. Because I think the photos, there's basically two outdoory photos and then mm. what looks like an album cover. Like, get rid of that. It's got to be all about you. No. Do you mean the, the, the yellow shirt? No, there was one. Because the yellow shirt should be the... We should be... We can't share this too much, but um, the, the yellow shirt picture should be your first picture, the one that you lead with. Yes, no, I like that one. No, there's one that's actually like an album cover. It's just words. It looks like a, a Christmas card or an album cover or something. It's not just get rid of that. You've got to be in them all. I love dating feedback requests. Can we do this more? Can people send in their dating profiles and we can just give some reviews? Yes, Even please. better if you feel comfortable with us sharing it on our social medias because we, we would be able to share them on there if you'd like us to. But if you don't, we can happily talk through them. Okay, final bit. I've just noticed in our group chat on the computer, which you can't look at, Alex has posted, this is probably about 30 minutes ago, during one of our waffle rants. Uh, he said, if I can't call the episode Saggy Purse, I'm rioting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did we say that? Well, we're doing it. That's, it's now called Saggy Purse. <laughs> right, shall we get on to the Olympics? Because last week's one was so good. But before we do, 
there was somebody in the inbox who was upset by the ex from last week who I do need to read out because they offered a defence of the two things that they were guilty of. This was, this was from Rosie. Rosie says, I have to rebut. As somebody who has a bee allergy, I move into flight mode because I honestly don't want to have to head to hospital. I still think it's funny, but something to consider. And also, onto the chocolate map in a box of chocolates. <laughs> the fact that she's calling it a map is, <laughs> is brilliant. Um, I need to see the map in order to make sure none of them have wheat. I have been blessed with a gluten allergy, but I do not, however, enjoy scrambling for the map. I do have some dignity. I will instead suffer without chocolate. Um, I know it sounds like I have lots of things wrong with me, but you have chosen the two things that affect me. Please keep them sticky. What I love about this is the fact that she's not actually, it's not really a rebuttal. She's at greener the X. She's just saying, I have to do them. <laughs> yes, exactly that. <laughs> they, they are still X. We're, we're not climbing down from that yeah. one. Bang on. But last week's winner was running away from bees, and that stays as... Actually, you've written down running away from a bee, which I think makes it even better because bees sounds like a swarm. Yeah, just running away from a bee. A single bee. Right, on to this week's. So, first one, when his phone flashlight is accidentally turned on and he doesn't know. Oh, yeah. Even worse, I'm going to add this one on, is when they take a photo in a dark room thinking it's going to be discreet and then the flash is on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is bad. <laughs> I also think with the phone on the flashlight thing, it's not so bad if it's your friend. I mean, it's an ick then, you're kind of like, oh, a bit embarrassing. But I never know what to do mm. if it's kind of a stranger and they're just... I had there was someone on the train who looked quite aggressive and I didn't know whether to say to them, your flashlight's on. Well, if they're aggressive, it's good for their phone battery to die out so they can't call their hoodlum pals and beat you up. I mean, so to I be fair, they the might best. not be aggressive. I just perceived that they were aggressive. I don't know. <laughs> sure. um, how about this one? When you tell someone that they have food stuck near the corner of their mouth and they try to lick it off rather than using a napkin... <laughs> That isn't true. But also, I don't carry a napkin. No, but I'll just use my hand. I was going to say, when they say using a napkin, I don't agree with that either. You just like wipe it on your t shirt or with your hand. But kind of the link. Also, if it's just something small, but if it's like a big smudge of buttercream and you can feel that, don't go with the lick. Yeah. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. Don't go with the lick and then think you've licked it off as well and there's still just as much on your face. No. I've got one from Twitter this week um, from Holly who says, when he is easily knocked over by the ocean's waves. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 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 There's not much really more to say about that, but the the visual it gives you is just kind of perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, the next one. When you wave back at someone who is waving at the person behind you, I don't think that's an ick so much as that's just like pure embarrassment. I don't think that's an ick. That's you giving yourself the ick though. Yes, yeah. Like I give myself the ick. So I know I now as a general rule do not wave back. I smile. Because then I could just as easily be smiling <laughs> at the person behind them. You could just so I've turned it round. You just have a rant because yeah, because people just do random massive smiles on their face. Do you just do like a little gentle smile? Ah, uh, no, David, I've thought about this. See, <laughs> and don't act like I'm a psychopath because I am not. Um, but I will put my earphones in. I walk around with my earphones in, even not listening to anything. I've just got them in my ears. This is not just as a precautionary measure for this specifically, but it helps with this situation. And if someone waves at me. I can smile at them, and then if they weren't waving at me in the first place, they might think, oh, well, he's just such a funny podcast. <laughs> like the sticky bum voice. Michael, you pun so much. Or, or they're thinking, oh, he's smiling at the person behind me, because I'm reversing it back on them. Um, so, yeah. 
It's called anxiety, David. You should try it. It's great. <laughs> so they wave at you and you smile, but then look behind yourself. And then you're smiling at them, so they look behind themselves. It'd just be a whole lot of confusion. I don't look, look, I don't look behind myself. I have, to, I have to back myself. So they wave, they wave, and I smile while I try to work out whether I know who they are or not. And if I don't, I immediately switch my eyes to like just to the left of them while I continue smiling so they think it's not at them. Wow, you do. I mean, to be fair, anyone that heard your story about selling a laptop is not going to be very surprised by this story. <laughs> I thought that was so normal. I didn't think that was that big a deal. I the amount of messages just... I got about that story. I, and yeah, but the things the... we said, the things we have said on this podcast and that being the thing that seems to have crossed the line, I do not understand. I mean, I thought it was brilliant. It absolutely killed me. Um, okay, we've got <laughs> one last one to enter into this week's um, heat and it is people who follow the Percy Pig or Colin the Caterpillar PR Instagram accounts. <laughs> Which if people don't, if people are, I guess in the US they might not know, they are like a branded thing for Marks and Spencers. Um, yeah. And they're quite cool. They're kind of like jokey and cool, but you don't follow their Instagram account. I didn't even know that. I don't think the Percy Pig, I mean, the Percy Pig Colin the Caterpillar one is sort of like a bit of a nick, but it's not as, it's not anywhere near as big no. as taking a photo with your phone flashlight on by mistake. I'm going to say Ocean Waves, though, is a rogue choice. I think being easily knocked over by the ocean's waves <laughs> yeah. is the winner for the week. I would, the only one that would contest it would be the waving back at someone who's waving to someone behind you. But that's only because of your additions. It's not actually no, the egg. No, no, no. What's happened with my, with my additions is I have solved the egg. <laughs> you, you, you solved it. So there's, there's no need for any kind of repeat instances because the egg has been resolved. We'd like to say a huge thank you to all of you who's wished us a happy first birthday. I can't believe we've been doing this podcast every week for over a year now. Yes, we've had our one-year appraisals, passed probation, and we're definitely going to continue. I know, people always say they couldn't do it without their listeners, but really, David, you just couldn't do it without me. Um, anyway, we do love the community that has sprung up, and who knew that so many of you were so sticky? I'm sure you've all subscribed. It only took me about 10 months, and it's my podcast. And told all your <laughs> friends, family, and least liked co-workers but please keep telling people our new KPIs for next year include world domination. Please continue sending in your questions, x stories and love to stickybumboys at gmail.com or on our socials at stickybumboys and we'll see you next week for the almost start to the new series. Keep them sticky! <laughs> that doesn't work on a delay. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Oh, very professional, David. In one breath. <laughs> We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.